Hello everyone, this is Darius from the Shot Caller, joined here by Youngbuck. After the win against Axel, another win on the board. Very important for Fnatic, of course, in the current state. Uh, what do you make of this one in particular? Well, I couldn't be happier with the way that we won. Um, we had a lot of issues uh, during practice and our stage games getting gold leads. Uh, so that's something we really actively worked on this week. We even, uh, on our off day, uh, asked our academy team if they can uh, practice against us and only play like the first six, seven minutes of the game every time and then reload back in the game, reload back in the game. And even the first day, we were getting smashed by our academy team. So that said a lot about our early game. And it was, it's not about the individual level, it's about the macro, the understanding how the lanes should interact. But uh, as we went on playing against an academy team and then the next day we played them again, uh, we actually figured it out. And now we're actually pretty good at go uh, generating gold leads in the early game, or at least keeping the game stable. And I think this was uh, a case where we kept the game very stable. Then we took one or two opportunities to get ahead. And uh, I think we finished the game without having to teamfight for, uh, for any objective, which is usually like uh, the hallmark for really good League of Legends. Yeah, I mean, like analysts in the, in the press room basically said, you know, at 20 minutes the game is over at this point because, you know, those small advantages will just translate into the, the, the win at the end of the day. So good job there. Finally fixing, you know, the probably the key issue that the team had. Uh, are there any other areas that you really want to focus on and um, improve on within the next weeks? I think we have a lot of ground to gain in like the 5 to 14 minute mark. Mm -hmm. So we've really worked on our first five minutes and some of the games it translates very well into the next 10 to 15 minutes as well. Uh, having said that, there's, all, there's still some inconsistencies there, so that's uh, something we have to work on. Uh, other than that, I'm, uh, I'm very happy actually. I think we worked a lot on the, the basics in terms of mid to late game early in the season, which turned out to be a mistake, which is on the coaching staff, because we didn't focus too much on the early game, uh, thinking it was more of an individual approach. Uh, individuals like being able to be creative and do their own thing, win their lanes or not, and communicate with the jungler depending on the game. But uh, one thing I realized is that uh, that is not necessarily true. So I had to come to terms with the fact that I'm a bad early game coach. Um, I've never coached much early game uh, compared to mid to late game. So um, at the end of last week I came to that realization that uh, if the team wants to perform very well, because the team is not a good early game team um, on its own, and I'm not a good early game coach, we have to change that. I have to change that. I have to become much better at the early game coaching. And that's something we've been working on as a team. And uh, yeah, I think uh, today showed the fruit of our labor. Finally, some, some good news on that end. Now, you did actually receive quite a lot of criticism over the past uh, few weeks uh, with, you know, being criticized in the way that uh, people were saying, you know, you're drafting three losing lanes, uh, Roxy can't do anything in those situations. Um, and yeah, like over and over and stuff. Was that something you, you took to heart or uh, realized on your own? It's something I realized on my own. That, that draft against Misfits was not pretty. Um, I did not draft three losing lanes, but because of the very weak mid-jungle combination in the early game, Olaf was able to walk into our jungle on both sides of the map. And that amounted to us not having a jungler because their jungler was living in our jungle, which meant every lane in the game for Misfits could play without any pressure on them. They could hard push and just not care about what Broxa was doing because they knew he wasn't in a state to gank. And that's what made the 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 real that made the lanes very difficult to play, um, especially for Bipo, because Soas was just pushing in, pushing in without any fear of the jungle being there, and uh, that's something we addressed as well, of course, because yeah, we we were drafting too much for scaling, and uh, if you could see in this game, for example, we actually drafted uh, much stronger early game and uh, mid game fighting, with still some some scaling options there, uh, not going too ham on the early game, but. Uh, yeah, way more balanced. We we could actually contest uh, other t like Excel in uh, every stage of the game. 
Absolutely. Now, that said, though, XL are also a team that are now 2-5, and five, so, you know, not a top-tier team necessarily. Do you think that going up against uh, a top-tier team would now still result in, in similar results from before, or would you now think that, hey, the, the, flip has, the switch has been flipped uh, for Fnatic? Um, I still think there's some inconsistencies, so I don't think we're gonna like. I don't think it's like a set thing. We're gonna beat G2 tomorrow. Um, I think they're a little bit ahead of us. Like fair enough. Uh, could we probably take games off of other teams right now? Yeah, we'd have a, we'd be in a much better position than we were one or two weeks ago. Um, I think we've improved a lot and worked on a lot of our issues. And uh, I, I really like the way that uh, our assistant coach Mephisto put it. That we as a team, we like if you have 15 doors you have to open. We've probably opened like the first 10 doors. But the first five doors are closed and it's blocking us from being able to actually play mid to late game. Um, so hopefully we unlock all the doors uh, before playoffs hits and make playoffs. And then we'll see what we can do. I feel like there's a Naruto reference in there somewhere. No, maybe just, maybe just me. Or like a Taie uh, reference. Um, but, okay, so you mentioned how you scrimmed the academy team. I think that's really interesting because, you know, in, in previous seasons that really wouldn't have been an option to do that as, uh, at all. Is that like an example of how uh, the partnerships system uh, in EU has improved um, already kind of the quality of play and the quality of training? I think so, and for us specifically, we actually asked the academy team to take some extra time because they actually had a, a scrim day, and we had our off day. If they could please scrim against us and only play the early game, uh, we would give them the draft that we had struggled with in our practice and on stage, and we'd just say, can we play this? And uh, we won't tell you what to do necessarily, but uh, feel free to push back really hard in the early game and not care too much about uh, your CS or anything else. It's okay if the game go if you are 0-4 at five minutes. We just want you guys to try to push us and... Uh, and try to hold us off of taking like crabs, dives, and these kinds of things. And that was very efficient practice. And then we also had just one normal scrim game, which was also very productive. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So very good example there. Uh, I think overall the addition of these teams has been uh, very interesting. Uh, given that you've now at least seen uh, a lot of the play, a lot of people are interested still in, in Maggie Felix specifically, because you know he is that solo queue legend in EU. Uh, what do you think of um, his performance based on the few scrims you've, you've seen of his? He seems to be able to keep up with Nemesis quite a bit. So um, also I'm in contact, of course, with the, the head coach for the academy team, Yandro. Uh, and he says he's performing very well in scrims. So uh, hopefully that translates to the stage. Uh, I haven't really seen much with my own eyes uh, in terms of like competitive play yet because they, the, the UK league hasn't started yet. But uh, I hear good things about him. Yeah, very excited for that one, for sure. Um, now, when, when we first spoke in week one, I believe at the end of the interview, you said, OK, guys, don't worry. It's just the first weeks. Don't worry about us going 0-2. Mm -hmm. If we are going 0-4, then it, uh, you're allowed to worry. Now, that I, I, maybe I'm like not 100% there, but I'm pretty sure that's like the, the gist of uh, what you said there. So uh, <laughs> what would you like to say to Fnatic fans now, that the, the, the tides have turned, or uh, is it still not in the safe waters? I would say we're in the race again. Um, I mean, the zero four is obviously a very worrying thing, a worrying trend, you could say. Um, and yeah, the road game was a must win. It wasn't a pretty game, but uh, it was a must win, and we won it. That was the most important game, and now we won the most important game of the week, at least when it comes to playing for playoffs. So um, yeah, I mean, there's ground to gain. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you not to be worried. I'm also not gonna tell you not to be worried. We're we're fighting for it. We're in the race, and uh, I think we'll make it. I, I can only imagine, but what do you think would have happened if you guys would have lost to Rogue? Like, would have that just been the most horrible situation to be in at that point? 
Yes, because that will mean that we're zero six, and at that point you can pretty much give up on making playoffs even. And right now we can even contest of like third or fourth place because there are some teams that are dropping games here and there. Um, but yeah, it would really decrease our chance to even making playoffs. It would make it almost impossible. In in traditional sports, specifically football, we occasionally see you know uh, restructuring years like Man United, for example, going through that phase. Uh, Arsenal, um, that as well. Uh, is this split kind of a restructuring phase for for Fnatic as well? And was maybe the loss of of uh, Caps and people have also commented the loss of Dylan uh, a bigger loss than you guys first anticipated? Well, obviously it would be easier if everyone was still there because then you have the built-in synergy. But I think the real problem was that even the last year when uh, we had Caps and Dylan and Soas, we were never really a strong early game team. Uh, yeah, don't forget Soas. We, we were never a really a strong early game team. And especially in Europe, we were always drafting like Brom, Tristana, Sejuani, and we just said, come at us, get your 2K, 3K gold lead, and then we'll see you at 20 minutes and, uh, and spank your ass. And so that, that was our identity for most of the year. And then the second identity was just camp caps and make, give him gold leads. But right now in the meta, it's a very early game focused. And uh, as coaching staff, we decided that we thought that historically, um, at the start of spring splits, teams are very slow. Synergy is not a, not a great macro understanding is very low. So generally speaking, the games are much longer. Mm -hmm. So we should focus on mid to late game, despite being very, very aware of like platings and uh, which also indirectly buffs Rift Herald, for example, and just the meta in general being quite explosive. We said, it's okay if we make it to 15 minutes with, an e with a equal gold, we'll probably win because we're focusing on the right fundamentals. Um, that was a wrong approach in hindsight. I think uh, we should have built from the start, from the first five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, we, had, we had a good idea, but for the first time in eight years uh, or nine years, I say it's a really early game focused uh, game. It's already started around Worlds, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, fair. That, that's fair. I think yeah, around Worlds. Um, but Riot have also kind of commented previously that they would like they that they like to see this kind of stuff and they would like to uh, see it more because you know those like 50, 60 minute long games are just difficult to watch at times. Um, so, do you think that? Realistically speaking, given that you already mentioned, you know, the team is very good at late game team fighting, but we're, we're, you're struggling in the um, early game department and you also as a coach have uh, not been uh, able to uh, draft early game as well as others, for example, and more focused on late game as well. Uh, looking at teams like Griffin or G2, you know, who are right there out of the woodwork, even Vitality and stuff, do you think that... Um, even if you change the approach, uh, you and the players will be adapt, able to adapt to a level where you can still take it up with the world's best teams at this kind of um, early game aggression? Would we ever be a Griffin or a Damwon, um, which are the teams we played against la in the bootcamp last year? Probably not. That's realistic. That's not the strength of the players, I think, uh, or the coach. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to beat Griffin in the first 10 minutes to win a game against them, right? Every team has their own strengths. So. Um, I think, for example, we still have one of the best macro in the West, maybe even in the world, but we just struggle to find those gold leads in this meta. So, yeah, are we going to contest Griffin in the first 15 minutes if we face them uh, in the World Championship Finals? Um, maybe, probably will be not as good as they are. We can still, that doesn't mean you're going to lose the early game just mm -hmm. straight up, but uh, our identity as a team has always been uh, focused around macro and uh, less around like really strong individual outplays and early game shenanigans. That's fair, of course. And I think it's interesting how at the end of the day it is 
very just very meta dependent and as a team it i mean how, what's your perspective on it but like i would feel almost a bit lost if you know the the strategy just goes completely against what the team stands for and the team identity is kind of built around because you it's really hard to adapt that drastically you know yeah and i think we saw that at worlds i think uh, the change of the meta during the tournament uh really changed the outcome of the tournament as well um a little bit to our favor but not I didn't I didn't really influence our placing because of the side of the bracket. But if it was uh, an AD carry focused uh, meta as usual, where the AD carry is the strongest guy, you play around your bot lane, mid to bot, solo lanes are more, they deal damage, but they don't carry the games alone. You would probably see RNG or KT in the finals. And uh, since it was very solo lane focused, you could see like uh, G2 beat RNG, IG went to the finals and was then the best team, which I don't think was the best team in playing around bot lane, for example, but they had incredible solo laners. And I felt like we as Fnatic, we were not the best at playing around the AD carries. We were probably um, somewhere on KT level and I would say RNG a little bit better. And then you look at like solo lane play, we were probably the second or third best as well. So mm. it didn't really hurt us, but you could see that, for example, KT and uh, RNG really suffered under it and IG really shined in that meta. But that's, of course, nothing to take away from them because in the end, the meta is the meta. If you're really good at it, you deserve to win the championship. That's how it goes. It's just interesting, you know, because in traditional sports, it's essentially like you have, it feels like you have more power to forge the meta yourself. Whereas in, you know, in, in, in esports, it's kind of always game dependent. And it's always a discussion that's held, of course, to a degree, you know, how much power does the developer hold and is it enough or is it too, is it too much, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, I think that answers all the questions that Fnatic fans had. Hopefully, if there's anything more you would like to say to the fans, uh, here's your chance. I just want to thank them for the continued support. I have to admit, I don't read much social media and Reddit <laughs> anymore because I know it's, uh, it's not a nice place for me out there or probably any Fnatic player right now. But I want to thank you because every now and then I do see some positivity uh, showing up on my Twitter line. I have to say, I mean, the, the comments in the um, on, under the video with you, the interview with you, and the, the one with Broxa were still very, very supportive. I did one with Repo, maybe a bit more, you know, uh, criticism coming around there. Um, but still, overall, I think you still have a solid fan base to, to build on. After all, it's Fnatic, you know. <laughs> Pretty much the biggest fan base in Europe, I would assume. No disrespect to G2. Uh, anything, uh, you already said, anything to the fans? A hashtag? Well, I think I said last time already, hashtag comeback, but it's still on, so. Okay, so hashtag uh, comeback still on, or? Yeah, I like it, yeah. Okay. Hashtag comeback still on. Thank you so much, Youngbug. This was Darius from The Shot Caller. I hope you have a good day. See you guys then. Bye-bye.